All right. Man, what a season that we're in at the moment, eh? Before this whole, and I love what Annette was saying as well, when you're vaccinated, it's not the mark of the beast, unvaccinated. What was it again? <laughs> you know, you don't have lipids, or you don't. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> what she said. <laughs> um, and that leads me to my um, sort of topic uh, this morning. Um, I've been trying to get God's attention for, for ages, for a long time. Um, but yeah, so I don't know where I'm going with that. But um, can I just quickly say that whatever we're facing right now, God is in control. He continues to fight for us, love us unconditionally, and is always proud of us. I believe that God wants to heal the way we see. Jesus wants to heal our eyesight so we can see purely. But who knows that in order for God to bring something new, some things need to stop. I learned that the hard way. Or should I say that sometimes we say to ourselves, we're stuck, we're stuck. But really, we've actually stopped. We've stopped control. Can I get a witness in here? Yeah. Amen. All right. So if you have your Bible with me this morning, we'll, go, we'll dive straight into it. Um, I'm going back to Genesis. We're going to be reading the whole book of Genesis this morning. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> no, you can have your lunch after this. Don't worry. I'll be quick. Um, so, all right, here it is. One of my heroes of the Old Testament is Joseph. All right. So, Joseph 37, and we're about to read from 1 to only 10. It goes like this. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers. Sorry. Genesis 37, verse 1 to 10. I can see everyone's like, what did he say? <laughs> um, Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the son of his other sons. Because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen, brothers, listen to the stream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my ship rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream, and he told us to his brothers. I'm oh, sorry, I think we've got the slideshow for that first one. By the way, when I was reading, I had no idea what shift rows or what shifts were. That one. Where are they? Yeah, so anyway, if you're like me, didn't know what the shifts was, that's actually a shift, shift, shift. And the chef rose in the middle. The guy in the middle there is Joseph. And then he said, he had another dream and told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time, the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. Thanks, Logan. Uh, when he told his father as well and his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is the dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept the matter in mind. All right. 
So Joseph was favoured by God. He was the great-grandson of Father Abraham. Father Abraham. He was his dad's favourite, which didn't really go well with his brothers. Just put it... <laughs> Kidding. Um, imagine, imagine as a 17-year-old boy telling his brothers how his sheep rose stood upright while all their ships gathered around Joseph's and literally bowed down to him. So we've seen the photo and then the second photo and it describes that, but wait, there's more. Joseph goes on to say, I had another dream. The sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me too. Now this is going a bit too far, eh, Joseph? Do we have that other one that you saw? There you go. I do apologize. I could not find a Joseph that looks 17. I think... <laughs> I think that's the Joseph that turned 17. Um, <laughs> and because of this, his brothers hated him. And what makes it worse is that it was coming out of the youngest's mouth. So it seems certain to Joseph that at that moment, that yes, he was going to be very super important and caught his lap or did not happen straight away. We might expect Joseph to immediately become the leader of his family and rule them with wisdom and grace, but God often takes his people in a direction different from what it's expected. Don't get me wrong, God is always true to his promises, but not to yours and my timetable. Amen, he operates outside of time. He wants us to dream big, but I guess he doesn't want us to try and take control, otherwise we could find ourselves going around in circles getting lost in the process, stressed out when we should just trust and rely on him and know that he will provide. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, not just some of your heart, not a little bit of your heart. It says all your heart. Some of your ways, Lord, not <laughs> all of my ways. And, yeah, in all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. In the case of Joseph, not long after, oh, sorry, not long after sharing um, his awesome dream, he was tossed in the pit by his brothers and was then sold to slavery. Man, talk about not turning the way you expected, right? Anyone feel like that there sometimes? Try and do things and it just doesn't go the way you expected. Oh man, I'm glad you guys are all perfect. <laughs> um, so God did not rescue Joseph immediately after the pit. He let him loose for a season. He was stripped of everything he would have depended upon to accomplish his dream. His coat, which made him feel super important, superhero. The security of his father, his freedom and his human dignity. Strange to think that when we put ourselves in a position that our actions kind of lead us into a lot of the mess we face later on. And still God comes through. But God. Awesome. This is when we know that the decisions we make or the choices that we make gets us into this pit before pointing a finger at others and blaming others for bringing us here. We say things like, it's your fault. It was her fault. She promised me that if I did this, he promised me that if I did this, yeah. When reality was, I should have trusted what my heart was trying to warn me rather than listen to my mind or entertaining the thoughts that was racing through my head. 
But also at times, what we planned ahead does not go to plan because of what life has thrown at us. No matter how much we try to stay positive, trying to fight the good fight, trying to turn every positive into everything to God, especially with what's going on at the moment. And the life of surrender requires trust, and trust is developed in the context of relationship. We need to surrender our ambitions and our goals, our fear, our lust, anger, and the biggest one, or my biggest one, is unforgiveness. Hmm. Unforgiveness. Because holding on to an offense is essentially saying that we have a right to withhold grace from someone. And when we surrender everything to him, we find that his path to the fulfillment of our desires is better than we could ever Imagined. Amen? Hmm. I'll let that sink in for a little while. Well, drop it on to the next one. Um, so the Genesis 39, verse 1. If you can have that up, please. 39, captain of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites and had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all of that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. God was still in control. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was a well-built and handsome man, and after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me, since he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you. This is him telling to the wife. Uh, Potiphar's wife, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph, Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even with her. Wow, Joseph, eh? What a man! Woohoo! I wonder if he was in the same line as Samson. <laughs> Joking. Um, wow, this guy is the man. What integrity he had, right? The integrity he had for God, the standard and the mindset, he had sounded to me that he was a very focused, driven dude who was so loyal to God and Potiphar that he refused to sleep with an Egyptian woman at that age as well. That is super incredible. Describes as the most beautiful woman in the world, believe it or not. And whoever your crush is now, or back then, can never compare to these women. I'm not going to go into more details because it's going to get a bit awkward. But in fact, I think Chantal is quite Egyptian, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, all women are beautiful. Okay, I better stop. It's creating more awkwardness. <laughs> anyway, the moment of temptation, he demonstrated that the faith of his forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, had become his own personal faith. When the pressure came... He was able to withstand it and pass the test. 
He recognized in that moment that sleeping with Potiphar's wife would be more than just a betrayal of his boss and will be a sin against God whom he heavily relied upon on for a month. on again into prison again later on, if you read later on. Because Potiphar's wife, here's Potiphar's wife's report when she took his cloak and then Joseph ran away, so it made it look like she had his cloak sort of thing. And she goes, she says to Potiphar that the Hebrew slave you brought us to me came to me to make a sport of me. Well, can you imagine how Joseph felt? It's like, okay, God, I've just been promoted, came from prison. Now I'm in Potiphar's house, and yet I'm here back in prison I go. And I know that God, in those tough moments, I believe that Joseph still knew that God was still in control. But this time, believe it or not, he was in the prison cells or the prison section that the king's prisoners were held. Long story short, after he interprets the dream of both of the guys he locked up with and interpret Pharaoh's dream, he was then made ruler behind the scenes. God is still in control. And this is where the excitement starts for me personally because Joseph was made ruler of Egypt, right? He was made in charge of the whole land, everything around him he owned. And during his time of being ruler, a massive famine hit Egypt and all the countries around it. And everyone, and I mean everyone around, had to come to Egypt for food. And guess who was included from those people that had to come back to him and beg for food and bow down to him? Yes, you guessed it right. It was his brothers. His brothers that, uh, yeah, his brothers. The ones that threw him into the pit before sold into slavery. The one who intended to kill him. Can you imagine if Joseph wasn't walking with God? If all he knew was revenge? He could have had them killed instantly because of the authority he had. He forgave them. Released them from their consequences from their, of their actions. By following God all these years, depending on God, staying connected with God, Joseph had become more like God. Gracious and kind with so much loving and caring. Reminds me of myself. <laughs> I'm far from it. <laughs> but, but I love what he says. He says, he's, Joseph says to his brothers, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. So don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. Mm, that is amazing, eh? And I believe that's how God wants us to treat others. And yet, that is one of our greatest challenges. Loving other people. Oh. But if that's how we try and do it, then I'm afraid we're destined to fail. Only by depending on God and developing godly character do we have the power to love others for a full life. Despite everything that Joseph went through, he stayed connected to God. God was always with Joseph and was always behind the scenes. God is always in control. And if he does it for Joseph, then he's doing it for you and me as well. He could not see or did not know where he would end up, but because God was with him, Joseph depended on God. His dream 
that when he dreamed about this as a 17-year-old, it actually became a reality. I want to go in a bit deeper with connecting to God. What if the only way to live life to the fullest is to pursue God's purpose for you to tap it with Him? It sounds simple, Jesse, so you say, because it's totally easy to understand, but it's really hard to do or put it into action. In fact, that staying connected to God is so difficult that most of us, including myself as well, give up trying to do it and live without power, purpose, or both. Most people, again, when I'm speaking, sorry, I'm mostly speaking to myself. Uh, most people like myself and it find it so much easier to connect with God right after we accept Christ. But we find it more difficult to connect later on in life. If that describes you this morning, I'm here to remind you to don't lose heart. God is still in control, and life doesn't have to be that way. And you can learn how to stay connected to God by doing life with people, getting into small groups, connecting with people that knows you best, and get them to speak life into you. The church is our God and our quiet times. With me, I like to go to the gym, blast my music, throw 40 kg dumbbells here and there. No, I'm um, Throw away f- five grams, kgs here and there. And blast my music, even though that it's loud music and praise music most days. Um, it's still my quiet time with God because I'm getting refilled. I, I guess some of us have different strategies and how to try to stay connected with God. But in me, I find it in the gym. Um, I blast my music and I take my frustration as well on the weights or the boxing bags. But don't worry, I don't put anyone's faces on the boxing bag. I just close my eyes and just jab away. (laughs) Or sometimes I go to the river on my own. I found out a bit later, I actually thought I was an extrovert, but I found out only last year when Chantel spoke life into me and she said, you're an introvert. I was like, no, I'm not. Anyway, sometimes I go to the river on my own after a workout, hop in the water and just sing to God. It's quite weird and I do hope that no one will be in the river at the time when I'm there because I sing so loud and I just worship God and, and I try to speak in tongues, or should I say speak in tongues as well, and then straight after I open my eyes and I'm like, oh crap, I thought I was inside a building, but I was actually in the river. <laughs> But that, that's me personally, that's my quiet time with God. And just thanking Him for blessing me for this day and even appreciated the challenges that come towards me on that day or days. Um, lately, I've been listening to some of Michael's preaching from the last few years or um, months ago. That was last year, I think. Um, on my way to work. So it just helps me to get in the zone before I start because... Those messages about disrupting the system, thinking, okay, because I'm in a frontline space, how can I approach things or situations in an approachable manner? Or how does Joseph do it? Or how does, what would, you know those little wristbands? WWJD? That's not Jermaine Dupree, by the way, tell him. It's actually what will Jesus do? <laughs> so, yeah. And I love, I love what John Maxwell's perspective um, about connecting with God. Took a photo of it. Here, connecting with God. 
Knowing God's purpose for your life and connecting with his power to accomplish that purpose is something you should expect to be revealed over the course of your life. Not all at once. Earlier on, sometimes the best you can do is to go in the direction that God indicates and see how things are. So much of the road ahead. Not backwards, not reversing, but the road ahead. And how do you see more? Not by reversing, by driving forward. Keep driving. Because the longer you stay on course according, according, according to God's direction, the more will be revealed in his and the more you will understand. I'll say that again. The longer you stay on course according to God's direction, the more will be revealed and the more you will understand. That's awesome, eh? Um, back in, I think it was June or July, uh, me and my wife experienced a rough patch on this journey. Um, don't worry, I don't know. Um, yeah, back in June, um, it was sort of a rough patch, um, <clears throat> a few tears, and we celebrated, we just kept celebrating, and in the space of two weeks, we experienced our first miscarriage, two weeks. Imagine that being told of the greatest news that you probably ever heard, or I've ever heard, and in the space of two weeks, we experienced a miscarriage. <clears throat> Sorry. This was one of the hardest moments that we've ever had to face. Through some great support from Michael and Ellie, Sarah, and the eldership team, and the prayers of friends and families, we learned to trust God again and keep believing that our breakthrough was coming. It was hard to see it through our faith in God. It was hard to try and put our faith bigger than the obstacles that we were facing very hard um, yeah but God was still in control Let's keep moving forward and the more we move forward the more clarity we were getting from others and it's funny because I'm going to go off script here when people prophesy things like that to you you kind of like soak it all in and you're like yay da, 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 da. and then you're like okay God anytime now yeah. I'm turning 35 soon it's anytime now but um it's funny because at that moment, it was just hard to see thought. It's just like, uh, if you're in the car and the window wipers were so covered in, um, in snow, I should say, it was just hard to try and get rid of the snow that was in front. And we just kept believing, we just kept trusting God, and it was like, God, you see, <laughs> it ended up being that speech, eh? you promised, and <laughs> you didn't even promise. <laughs> But it ended up becoming like that. My relationship started a bit funny. And then I was just like, God, if this is your will, let it be. Like, honestly. And then not long after that, um, we found out that we were pregnant again. So I like, but this time it wasn't a, yay! It was like a, hold up, wait a minute, hold back sort of thing. I was just like, curious. I'm a, I'm a kind of a, a deep thinker person where I like to push back and just try and not celebrate too early. It doesn't mean that my faith went downhill. I was just trying to do what I said last time, trying to get my way through it, but I couldn't. And the more I trusted in God, I was like, okay, God. And then I, we asked the people, it was like, when is a good time to know that you won't get a miscarriage? Like, 
it was weird because I started asking other females when I shouldn't have. Started Googling and I was like, when is a perfect time when you know that you're not going to experience um, a miscarriage? So a lot, of them, a lot of them said it was 12 weeks or 10 weeks. So I was like, we must have been around four weeks previously. And as time went by, we were still not, uh, still lingering around. And then God was trying to teach me, Jess, I'm still in control. Jess, look up. See me, I'm trying to put the plan in place. But if you don't have faith in me, then it won't come into fruition. And so my faith journey started really, had to take up another notch. I was like, yes, God, I'll keep believing, keep knowing that you will provide. And today I can tell you that we are 19 weeks pregnant. And... (laughs) And it's been one heck of a ride, one heck of a journey. And... All these things happening around me, and I just, yeah, I try to like not put myself into everything, but I'm just holding back and knowing that God is still control. So if you're sitting here in this room and you're kind of thinking, well, God didn't turn up for me, I've been stuck on this wilderness for all through. Everything happening around in the world at the moment with all this traffic light system and everything else causing mayhem. I want to remind you that our God is a big God. God is bigger than this. God is bigger than that. And it's for us, for our faith to really take up to another notch. Not get stuck into the conversations of like, oh, you're vaccinated. No, 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 no. That's not what God is all about. God is about relationships. We need to talk with them and just talk with each other and share what is in our hearts. And the more... It's the more reveal it gets, and I think the more we'll open up and be vulnerable, I think be vulnerable has to be the key thing, or one of the key things, the more the relationship starts getting better and better. And instead, you won't find yourself calling everyone out. You'll be calling everyone up. And I guess for God's heart for us, especially in the that we see at the moment, it's always, are you either in this team or in this team? da 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 and all I can remember, seriously, in these moments, I'm like, nah, I'm all about the third way. And they're like, what the heck is a third way? I was like, Michael, I need to find that preaching of yours again. <laughs> but that's it. That's it. We don't have to take sides and just to woo the other person or disappoint the other person. We just have to be direct but humble ourselves with thinking of what we're going to say before anything comes up. Um, with my journey as well with Chantal, with us moving into um, a different season or different church next year, don't know what that's going to look like. But for many of you know that we've been wrestling with this since this time of the pregnancy situation. So we had all these things coming up. I was like, no, God, I'm not ready to move yet. I love awakened family. Da-da-da-da. But Chantal's like, no, I had a vision. You're wrong. Da-da-da-da-da. And then moments later, God really appointed put an appointment time with me to meet up with this guy that we're going to serve under next year. And that uh, meeting was funny because I was coming in and I was like, oh no, how, how the heck did this guy fit my calendar today sort of thing? How did he come into this moment right now? And then um, talking with him and then he was like, oh, how's awakening going? And I was like, oh, we love it. Oh, it's going good. But really in my heart, something was stirring. I was like, no, I don't want to have this conversation. 
And then, um, and he goes, oh, that's awesome. I was like, yeah, yeah, man, God is good, you know, like, we're loving it, we're serving the worship team, Shatta's with the youth ministry, da-da-da-da-da, and then he goes, oh, okay, and I was like, oh, what's your guys' plans next year? How's your church going? And then he was like, no, nah, it's going really good, you know, serving under another leadership that's going awesome, blah, 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 and I was like, oh, cool, and then I was like, how do I cut this conversation off? <laughs> I was like, how do I, and I want to see it live, like, if this is meant to be, I don't want to go into another place knowing that you're not there. That will be a total waste of time for me and Shantara head there and you're not there. Um, so when we were talking, I was talking with this guy and he was just like, yeah, yeah, we're looking to, um, oh, and by the way, I had no idea that he was looking to pastor a church. He's uh, supporting his brother's church at the moment. And then the more he went on, he was like, yeah, man, like God's going to be doing amazing things. I was like, yeah, man, God is always up to something, eh? And then um, he goes, yeah. Um, and then in my head, at that moment, I was like, I'm not going to bring up the conversation. I'm not going to bring up the conversation. I'm not going to. I was just telling myself, really, really telling myself, and I'm not going to bring up the conversation. I'm just going to let it happen organically, because if I start it, then it doesn't seem real. Um, I want to hear it from him. And then he goes, bro, we're actually starting a church next year. I was like, oh, okay. And then he goes, yeah, that's going to be based around the Hutt Valley area. And at that moment, we were just like, hey. he was like, bro, you're right. I was like, yeah, I've actually been trying to avoid this for quite some time, but it's happening. It's actually happening. And then afterwards, I went home, and then Chantal was like, did he say anything? Like, was it just a vision? I was like, yes, babe, he actually said something tonight, and it is true that we, God is equipping us elsewhere. And we spoke about it, and then I was just like, oh, man, like, I hate starting new again. Um, if you're like me, when I was at school as a young kid, sorry, I hated going to new schools. In Australia, when, when I did my primary school, we went to, like, three, four different schools, and we kept moving. And I hated it because you have to start relationships all over again. You have to start from square one again. You have to, like, restart everything. But God is like, no, 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 it's not restarting. It's refreshing. And in the season that we're in, we're, like, going into next year, it's going to be quite refreshing for us. And our time here at Waken has been doing the cleaning as well. And everyone who serves under this house, thank you so much for, yeah, having us on board. Fiona as well with the kids' ministry. And I tell you, it's not easy, eh, Josh? It's not easy getting here every Sunday morning at a.m. <laughs> when Sunday's your sleeping day. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not easy. But the heart is what God is after. It's the heart. And if our heart's in tune with what he wants us to do, then we're not perfect, but we're actually heading into a great direction, should I say. Um, so my encouragement for this morning, even though we spoke a bit about Joseph and everything, it still comes to think. I was like trying to think of a theme. I told Sarah last night, it was God working behind the scenes. Last week I had something different connected to God. And this morning... <laughs> it was just simple. God is in control. Yeah. And I want to remind you that whatever... So good, Jesse. Thank you so much. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your heart. We... Um, we love what God does in people's lives. It's always an encouragement. And it, in a lot of ways, it's, it's prophetic 
The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So for all of us out here that are going, yeah, I'm trying to hold on to something that I haven't yet seen come to pass. We've heard you speak about how it has, and we've read of the many before you, and we go, yeah, do it again, Lord. Do it again. So we all say, amen. Amen. Do it again, Lord. Worthy of every song we could ever 